Do you like to learn about random wild stuff? You know, the things you didn't think you needed to know about, then realize you should? Then welcome to Nothing Off Limits, the podcast that gives you one place to go for something different. Impress your next party guest with your unusual body of knowledge. And if you dig the show, get more information at ladyfoxentertainment.com and subscribe, rate, or review. Thanks. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Nothing Off Limits. We are on the fourth installment in Love and Relationships Month on NOL. And this one's for both the men and the ladies. Have you ever wondered why you keep attracting the wrong types of people? People who treat you badly, who lie, cheat, maybe they're commitment phobes, or maybe you just aren't sexually attracted to somebody, even though you have a lot in common? Well, maybe the answer is in sexual polarity. When I reached out to author David Data's office seeking an expert to speak on polarity, I was so thrilled to hear from one of his amazing teachers, London Angel Winters, and to learn about her personal passion for the topic. Today, her life partner, Justin Patrick Pierce, joins her here on NOL to share the art and science of attracting the partner and relationship of your dreams. London and Justin are intimate partners, business partners, and co-teachers of an experience they created called Yoga of Intimacy, each with a professional background in exercise science and trained in the esoteric art of sexual yoga. London and Justin offer a unique perspective that unites the science of the body with the mindfulness of deep spiritual practice. They facilitate workshops and teach clients from around the world in the art of sacred loving. Their mission is to help each and every person to realize their deepest purpose and claim a life of unbounded love. That sounds yummy to me. Workshop dates and information can be found on London's website, londonangelwinters.com. It's London with an I. Welcome, London and Justin. Thank you. We're happy to be here. Thank you for having us. So excited. And you're a freaking hot couple. (laughs) Thank you. I got the picture. I was like, wow, they're amazing. Like your power comes through just the photograph. How did you two meet? Well, um, interestingly enough, we have a 14 year age difference. um, And he's the younger of the two. Love it. Um, But, you know, my intention was never to actually go for a younger guy. Um, The principles that we teach, the polarity and the yoga of intimacy is actually what had us end up together. Um, we were both uh, top trainers at Equinox Gym in Santa Monica, California, mm-hmm. and we he was he's been doing his own spiritual practice since he was 14 years old. Um, I was a deep practitioner of the sexual yoga arts, and really the spark started in the trainer room one day when we I had just joined that gym as a trainer and. He looked at me with his deep spiritual practice, and I, in that moment, what I call the Super Bowl moment, knew that I was in the presence of a deep man. So I I teach women, like, what do you do in the Super Bowl moment? I did the thing, and he was smitten. And, you know, it really was beautiful because at that moment, in that connection, age made no difference. Mm -hmm. I felt like he was 30 years older than me, and he didn't notice my wrinkles. (laughs) (laughs) There's a beautiful aspect to that. I mean, age really is nothing but a number. Oh, yeah, especially when you're doing this art because it's so deep and it's so what I call the inner meridians of love. It has so much less to do with the surface and so much more to do with what's happening in the energetics. And it's overwhelmingly attractive. In other words suddenly the surfaces of you, if you were overweight, if you had wrinkles, if you were having a bad hair day, none of that is as quote unquote loud as what's happening heart to heart, belly to belly. And it just be, it just cuts through all the crap and helps mm. you feel each other as soulmates immediately. That's so beautiful. And I'm sure a lot of people out there listening are already starting to sort of like cock their heads like, what do you mean heart to heart, belly to belly? I don't get it. So I want to start things off by either one of you. Can you just define polarity so we can start diving deeper into this topic? You know, a lot of times in um, conversation, just casual conversation, we talk about being seen or being felt beyond the surface, like, you know, intimacy beyond just the surfaces or appearances like we want to bring depth to relationships so my heart's being felt so I'm being seen fully like somebody gets you 
someone not just gets you, but there's there's a depth to it. And it's it's a beautiful thing to be seen in that place and be recognized there, but it's another thing to make love from there. And what London and I teach through polarity is how to make love beyond the surface of the body. So, so much of the intimacy we teach and we practice ourselves, sometimes it doesn't have to do with physical touch at all, at all but it could be the deepest, it often is, some of the deepest moments of your life through these authentic sexual yogic practices that we've essentially modernized to make practical for the modern relationship of here living in LA. Mm -hmm. And the way that we do that is through polarity. And in polarity, these principles are there's a masculine partner and a feminine partner. And in our practice, largely I'm playing the masculine role in intimacy, she's playing the feminine role, but it's not based on gender whatsoever. Any partner, you could be same sex, um, the roles could be reversed. But as long as one partner is playing this role of conscious presence, bringing structure to the moment, bringing depth, bringing breath to the moment, and the other partner is allowing themselves to vulnerably be the authentic expression of their heart, of their love light, and be seen as that in a moment. That's how we start creating the sparks. And then there's different practices and techniques we use to deepen it into a true intimacy where you can combine a number of different ways. That's beautiful. So what are some examples of like the core feminine traits or the core masculine traits? Because we all have both, right? We do all have both, and we've celebrated both in this practice. In other words, women today are kick-ass women. You know, we've developed this ability to carry the masculine energy and penetrate life with a purpose, a mission. The masculine qualities is really about transcending the moment and carrying something forward, generating something in the world. So... Even you with your podcast, for example, the difference you make for everyone and what it takes for you to do the emails, to reach out to those people, set something up, carry it forward, deliver it. All of that is masculine energy because you have a mission and you're penetrating the world with your offering. That requires, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's not based on like whether you have genitals that are man. Right. It's based on what you're doing with your energy and how it's affecting others. And again, women today are amazing with their missions and, and incredibly powerful. The feminine energies, which women today and men today both embody, is the ability to literally be the moment. Like, as if there was no next moment. Like acceptance, like full openness? No, like, even if you were in rage and not acceptance, but you're embodying that as if there's not another moment and there's no reason to please anyone. It could be something as simple as eating chocolate because... It's so much pleasure, it opens your body to the max. Mm -hmm. So men are about movement and about moving forward and direction. And women are about stillness, it sounds like. Actually, the opposite. Men are about transcending the moment, like as in a still meditation where you lift above into awareness, mindfulness, and that which is beyond being affected by the moment where you're going to be creating the next moment. So you're literally transcending the movement that is moving you to create something in the future. Women, the feminine energy, is movement of the moment. In other words, something is moving through you and you're going with it all the way. Mm, You can imagine someone dancing to music and the music is moving them. And... What this does is when you bring the masculine stillness to the feminine flow, there's incredible sparks to the opposite nature of that in the same way that magnets, when one is one side and the other is other, Mm -hmm. they just pull -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. That's what can happen between two people, no matter who's embodying what. When you're both embodying the same thing, that's where you get the friend zone. Aha. So how do we find out what our true core essence is? Because not every man is going to be dominant with masculine traits, right? 
That's correct. There's a number of ways for us to discover our core essence, but one very quick way is your orientation towards purpose or love, and which one do you prioritize? If you could just close your eyes right now and feel into your life, and from now to the end of your days, could you die complete if you've never really had the relationship that you ever wanted, but you fulfilled your mission? You carried out your mission, your whatever accomplishment you needed to make in the world, you did it. You got there and boom, that, yes, if, I, if that was it, that's it for me. It's a purpose orientation towards the world. But you may have a purpose in something you want to do, but actually love connection, depth and intimacy is the thing you would really need to be met then that's a feminine orientation. Mm -hmm. So the feminine at the core will always choose love over purpose at the core. And the masculine will always choose purpose over love at the core. But now we're, we're human beings. We're, we're full human beings. We want both. Mm -hmm. We have capacity for both. So where we get into tricky situations, let's say uh, there's a woman who has a feminine core, but she's very purpose-oriented. So she's in the world, she's pursuing her purpose, but then these kind of key moments in life come up where she has to make a decision between her purpose and her love. Maybe that means moving away for her career to a new state, leaving behind a relationship she loved. And if she chooses her purpose over her love in that moment, that can cause misalignment. That can cause pain and suffering, and we don't know why, because we're like, well, I want my purpose. But at the core essence, love was the priority and we've sacrificed for that or we've lost that. Same thing goes for a man. So if a man is very purpose-oriented at his core, but he's in a relationship, and those key moments of decision-making come up in his life, and he's choosing his relationship over his purpose, that will slowly eat away at him and he will lose his masculine essence and often what happens is the feminine partner starts to resent him for losing his power. He feels kind of uh, collapsed and castrated by not choosing his purpose. And then the feminine's like, well, I need a man who owns his purpose. So it's kind of <laughs> this sort of strange dichotomy that goes yeah. back. It sounds like it's difficult because you're going to be pulled from here to there all the time. So how do you comfortably move within both the masculine and the feminine side of you? Because we each have both, like we said, and be comfortable with that and know when it's right to be in one or the other. That's a great question. And Justin and I individually have been working with this for years and we've come up with a concept we call energetic agility. Energetic agility. So in the same way that an athlete could train themselves to pivot left or pivot right, and they become equally good at moving left or moving right, such that at game time, they can do what is best for the game, right? Like, if they didn't train to go left, when they go left in the game, they'll be awkward and probably lose dominance there. But if they are literally just as good at going left or right, whatever the moment calls for, they're going to be able to deliver. So what Justin and I do personally is we train ourselves in both energies consciously, intentionally. Then in our relationship, it's something I call polarizing the moment. As we're showing up in relation to each other, we both can do either energy. What matters is that we don't do the same unless we want to lose polarity. Mm -hmm. In a moment where we want what we call ferocious lovemaking to happen, where it feels like the day we just met and he could throw me against the wall and I'm dying for him. I mean, we've been together for eight years and we could still create this if one of us goes left and the other goes right. And what's so beautiful about energetic agility as speaking as a woman right now, is I can go to work during the day and I can kick ass in my masculine energy and really be in my purpose. Really, for, you know, for me, it's teaching love, teaching women how to live as unbounded love, but that requires me to hold a lot of structure for them. Mm -hmm. So I can do my mission all day long and really penetrate the world with what I'm passionate about. But on my ride home... I know how to switch my energy up 
so that I could meet Justin in my feminine energy and feel penetrated by him, relaxed, open to God, and not have to eat chocolate to feel better about myself that <laughs> night. Or a bottle of wine. Exactly. <laughs> so what if, what if you are not as evolved as a woman as you are, London, and it's just some woman out there listening who's like, oh, man, it's really difficult for me to make that switch because when I get home, I still have X, Y, Z chores to do. I have my kids to deal with. I have this and that to prepare for tomorrow. What can she do to like an easy, simple thing that she could do to make that switch and to start to kind of go back into that flow state? Great question. They, this does not require, I always tell my clients this, it doesn't require a weekend women's retreat to find your feminine energy. A lot of us think that, but it's not true. You just need to look at what puts you into your heart. Like for me, if I take a bath and I make that bath smell amazing with oils and I have my certain songs that make me feel super hot and I give myself 10 minutes to get into the tub, let the water open me, relax me, use Epsom salts to relax my muscles, use scents to open my sensory being. I can in 10 minutes let go of the harden, hardening and forward motion of the masculine, you know, that penetrating energy, mm -hmm. and I can find what I call receptive energy. If you can receive the moment, you know you're in your feminine essence. Mm -hmm. That can be 10 minutes and every woman is different. So what I encourage the listeners on the feminine side to do is know what makes you relax the most. And honestly, that could be a glass of amazing red wine. There's nothing wrong with that. What causes your body to relax and open such that if you were standing before a man in his masculine presence, he could dive right into you and you could actually let him. As a man, it's what has you feel that prowess of penetrating her. What has you step up into that good posture, that full breath? So as a man, if you've been doing teaching yoga all day, that kind of thing, you might be way flowy and your woman's going to possibly be in her masculine energy and be telling you what to do, right? And what that's you, okay, right? Oh, yeah, that's okay, unless you don't want that. Mm -hmm. But let's say you wanted to be the one that picks out where you go to dinner and get her there. Maybe you would do 15 squats, put energy in your lower body, breathe deep, go into a uh, big, huge posture, those simple movements in the body are going to literally polarize her into that receptive place. And we can affect each other this way. What about guys like I've dated men who I feel like are either swinging really far to one end or the other, meaning they're either way too attached to their purpose and they're like super masculine and they're just domineering or they're super feminine and they're like oversensitive and they, they freak out at every little thing that I say or do. So is there a way to balance out the energy? That's a great question. And there's a number of steps in there. Our teacher would describe it first, second, and third stage. So typically in our culture, we'll see a lot of men in their first stage, which means if they're in their masculine, they're purpose-oriented, it's kind of like the only thing that matters is my purpose. That's what I'm on task for. Yeah, we can hang out, but you don't really, you're not really involved in this. It's almost like a solo mission. It's like, this is me. This is what I'm doing. There's not a whole lot of heart connection there bringing another individual into that process, kind of in a companionship. Mm -hmm. I tend to attract a lot of those. <laughs> <laughs> then there's the second stage man where he's starting to cultivate his feminine essence. So he's he's evolved past just macho masculine. Now he's falling into, well, what's this feminine thing all about? And he really starts, he's more heart open. He's more conscious. He does, does a lot of yoga. He's very mindful and spiritual, whatever it is. But he's very tender and sensitive, almost to the point where it's like irritating. It's like, 
this guy's more tender and sensitive than me. I know where I'm going to be in five years. He has no idea where he's going to be tomorrow. Yeah, like so grow they, a pair of balls. You know, that's how most yeah. women respond to it. Exactly. And that's a dude who's way in his feminine essence. And I, encounter, I work with a lot of these men, and they just never learned how to cultivate a full masculine. But at the same time, they intuit being that douchey, macho masculine isn't it either. There's something else. Mm -hmm. And that's what London and I teach is what our teacher, David, calls the third stage, whereas now you're meeting a man who's offering his masculine structure, his presence, his decisiveness to his woman because it's serving her, because it's for her. It's, the, it makes, it's for the greater good. Mm. It's not a selfish, you know. Let me give you an example. When I first met London, she was making more money than me. I was younger. I was 14 years younger. And we clicked. But she was way more successful. She had an Emmy that she won. She was a producer. She was just slamming it. And I, was, I started learning this work. And in that regard, I was far more feminine than her. So I was like, well, how do I step into this? I, need to, I want to polarize her in this way. I need to do this. So I spent three years exploring multiple career paths, doing everything I possibly could to earn more money than this woman and in record time. And I was like, I'm going to do this. I got this. I got this. So did you feel like you were competing? Not at all. No, 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 not at all. Um, we had a beautiful way of holding it. We had a very beautiful way of holding it. So to give you an example, like London, and I practice polarity all the time. So if she would come home, and she'd be in her masculine all day. She just kicked serious ass. If I was in my masculine too, and I just saw her, I'd be like, it's like, hey, what's up, bro? She's like, yeah, what's up, bro? You know, like, boom, you know, it's just like, <laughs> mano, mano. You're both, like, that's not polarity. You're not, can't make love. Yeah. Me. You know, she comes in, she's like, yeah, did you handle this? Did you get this done? Oh yeah, I needed this done today. Cause she's still in that kill mode. So what we needed to do at first was when she would come home, we'd recognize that she'd hop in the bath before she'd even talk to me because if she would talk to me from that place we'd automatically neutralize polarity and, and be more like friends or bros or bros or business mm -hmm. i've actually had men call me bro <laughs> that's an example yeah so or dude like hey dude, dude. Yeah, i'm like what dude <laughs> <laughs> i've had that it's the, the worst oh it still comes up we still do it you know it happens in moments but the awareness around it is what's important. So when you don't want that, when you want intimacy, what London would do is go into the bath. Another example is for polarity for guys out there, if your woman's kicking ass in the world and you like it, you're attracted to that, I am, I don't know, you know, that's my preference, I think it's hot. But when she comes in and she brings home a check, one practice that I would do with London is I would say, wow, babe, it's hot when you make money. I love when you make money and I would embrace her and I would kiss her and, I, and she would just kind of melt in that moment, being seen in her masculine and appreciated for hmm. it. That takes a man who's got a level of maturity or a man in phase three, as you would term it. So how does somebody go about finding somebody who's ready for this? Well, what you first need to understand is that you know, we think men are a certain way, right? Like he's a jerk and that's just who he is yeah. with every Or he's woman. immature. Or, or he's immature or he's a, what, you know, is commonly termed a floaster. Like, oh, he's in his feminine energy all the time and there's nothing he could offer me. A floaster. Me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's my first time hearing that for me. <laughs> you know, that would be like the guy who feels like he's more sensitive than you, mm -hmm. you know? But here's what you need to recognize, man or woman, is that we are affecting the way the other person's showing up. So again, like magnets, you essentially occupy a space. And if you're in a sensual sexual relationship with the other person, they will be forced to occupy the other space. Or if you're sort of like 50-50 masculine feminine, you create an opening for them to be 50-50 because 50% is taken by one and then 50% is taken by the other. What is polarity is when you go to the extreme. So what creates that electric charge, throw you against the wall, open you to God feeling? 
So let's say there's a guy, though, who has a wife or a partner who is clearly in masculine energy, and he wants to do something to pull her out of that and get her sitting back in the feminine. What are some things he can do, like little things that he could try today to get her to take off the work hat and and chill out and flow? Great. So she's occupying that masculine energy. He needs to first not go with the flow and just go into his feminine because that's what he's that's what the resonance of the moment is going to want him to do. So he's naturally going to polarize into his feminine. He needs to first recognize he's doing that. As soon as he becomes intentional about what he's doing with his energy, he has the power to change it. So first he recognizes, "Oh, I'm feeling really sensitive right now. I'm feeling really indecisive. I'm, my body's moving a lot because she's in so much structure and I'm just naturally doing the opposite. Then he goes, which energy do I want to be in that would benefit both of us the most? She's been in her masculine all day. She'd be really served by dropping right into her feminine. What he does next is he, what I call, out-masculines her. So whatever level she's breathing, he breathes deeper. That's one of the biggest things a man can do to polarize his woman into relaxing is he breathes deeper and then he matches her breath and deepens it. There's like an automatic response in her body that will allow her to relax because he's essentially moving into the embodied energy of the masculine. The next thing he does is he notices how much she's in stillness and he goes into more stillness. In other words, like the Buddha, his spine becomes erect, his chest becomes full, his belly is full of breath. That's going to have her not even realize it, but she'll probably be like, oh, and then she'll probably relax her shoulders a little bit. Mm -hmm. But it's subtle, right? Like it's not like he's like being like a lion and he's like, I'm going to take over, lady. You know, it's not like that. Well, you'd be surprised if he does that. She'll probably love it. We teach people (laughs) to do that at the workshop. Okay, so to do it to the extreme so that you can really get the idea. You got to feel into the moment. You're making art from the moment. So sometimes London will be in her masculine moment and I'll look at her and I'll stop and I won't say a thing. And I've got this way of tackling her where I will just grab her by her waist and throw her over my shoulder. (laughs) And I'll just, you know, smack her ass. And that's immediately going to repolarize us. Wow. So if I can playfully wrestle her in a moment or grab her in a certain way where her body opens and relaxes, not becomes more rigid. Right. Like, so don't strangle the woman. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Well, just play. Well, no. maybe later, but that's, that's for that's people who are more advanced. Yeah. Exactly. You're, we're talking about bringing dominance to it playfully with your heart open. The feeling in the man is this. If you want to polarize your woman at any given time, the feeling in you is, I'm not going anywhere. I love you unconditionally. You can be any color shape, emotion. You can cry. You can yell at me. You can do whatever you need to do. I love you unconditionally. I'm not going anywhere. If the man feels that in his body with his woman, that is always going to deepen and polarize her in a moment. If a man is not like spiritually evolved and he takes this information that you're giving him, is there a potential pitfall for taking this information and using it in like a purely physical way and not having that spiritual element to it, um, that love element to it and hurting someone? Yeah, the more we know these skills, it's just like pickup arts. The more you know these types of techniques, the easier it is to hurt someone and take advantage of them. Absolutely. So that's why we're very selective with uh, the individuals we work with. Mm -hmm. Now that said, as a woman, if you're really feeling your body, you know when a man's full of shit. (laughs) That is absolutely true. You know, and that's when you're like, this guy's a jerk, you know? If you do not need to be loved, in other words, if the people-pleasing part of you, the part that the feminine energy that's desperate to be met, if you've done enough of your own connecting to love light, you lose some of that desperate need to be met, and then you show up as a powerful woman, like a goddess. And if he's full of shit, 
You don't need anything from him. What if at first the the guy is totally into it, the woman is being vulnerable and open and lets him know, yes, I'm looking for a long-term relationship. This is what I want. And he's all on board. They start to date for a period of time and then all of a sudden fear sets in. He freaks out. He has the, the flight response where he's like, ooh, I don't know if I'm ready for a true commitment. What's happening there and what shifts need to occur in order for the people to come back together again? It's a great question. Um, so I have uh, an online product called Attracting Your Beloved. And what I, I say about this product is it's a six-week online course of essentially how to get a man to claim you for life, especially a great man, you know, the kind of man that every woman wants. Mm-hmm. A lot of this stuff gets set up in how you're as the woman showing up. So, for example... Women have been trampled by men, right? Like we've had this blooming, fragrant garden where he can see what our gifts are and we are just like irresistible to him. If a woman has her garden in bloom with no fence in front of it, what will happen is when she moves into the feminine energies and he sees all of those gifts, he's going to want them right now. She's going to be in receptive mode, right? Surrender mode. And she's going to give it to him right now. And that's going to have him be like, hit it and quit it. If, (laughs) I mean, for real. Yeah. I I need some more fences or, yeah. Or sometimes there are too many fences, but we could get, we could get to that next. (laughs) That's, that's actually not a defense. If there's the feeling of too many fences, what that is, is a woman goes, when my garden is this fragrant, I run in to hit it and quit it. I'm going to p- turn everything into a dirt plot. <laughs> and when that great man shows up, I'm going to bloom everything back again. Mm. Guess what the problem with that is? He'll never see you. Unless you have that blooming, fragrant garden, a good man, a great man, like the man you want to claim you for life, is going to notice everyone else and you'll feel invisible. When you start to feel like you're invisible and no men are noticing you, like none of the good men are noticing you, you know that you've created a dirt plot to make sure you're not trampled. What's needed there is to come back into your blooming garden and create that fence for entry so that the fence represents everything you desire out of that love relationship. And he learns that feels your heart, begins to want to protect that heart for the rest of his life, and enters when you're ready. Does that mean holding off on having sex or what? It doesn't mean anything that's a strategy, a manipulation, or a rule. Okay. Your inner love body, like your deep womb, your heart, and what I call, you know, your throat area, you have this whole inner meridian that is your connection to love light. When you do the work to be connected to that, that does the work for you in the world. That's exactly what A, draws him in, B, inspires his respect, adoration, and worship, C, informs you of the timing of things, of when things are appropriate and when they're not. I mean, you could have sex with him on the first date, but if you're living in this space, you're going to be so much brighter than any other woman he will ever meet, and he will need that. That'll be like color in his black and white world. What if he's stuck in phase one or phase two? Is it still possible for you to pull him into phase three? Yes, because men show up differently with different women. Now, when you're in that inner meridian, you're going to be full. You're going to be this like enormous energy. Not every man's ready to handle a woman of that caliber. Mm -hmm. So there's (laughs) certain men that are going to run away scared to death. You don't want him anyway. He's the hit it and quit it guy. He's the guy that when you're at dinner, after giving him your full heart, he's checking out every other option in the restaurant. You don't even need that. I call it filtering. Like you're practicing for your beloved. If he can't handle your fullness, he's not your guy. The man who brings masculine depth and presence will understand the gift of your fullness and he will cherish it. And that's the guy you want. Mm, That's amazing. So is this the type of assistance that you give to men and women on both sides of the coin through your yoga of intimacy teachings? Yes. What we do with the yoga of intimacy is what is 
everything you've been asking, like, well, what do I do in my body? And, you know, there's the psychology of these things, which is where all those rules, strategies, and manipulations come from. And we all have realized those don't work. You know, that whole don't have sex with them for yeah. three months. Or like you know, the three-day s- rule that guys yeah, use. exactly. I everything. hate that. I know. It just leads to everyone being in that first stage, tit for tat. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do this and I'm going to try and get that. Total judgments too. Like if you do have sex, like within three days, obviously the woman's a whore. <laughs> exactly. Know? And and he is now treating you like a whore and then you feel like a whore and you don't even realize what's happening. Yeah. The yoga of intimacy is deeper than that. It's really about what are you doing with your body that connects you to these supreme being energies? If you want to be in the masculine aspect, your consciousness itself, you're that which is literally mindfulness embodied such that you would inspire a woman or a a feminine energy to worship your consciousness. And again, you could be man or woman and be worshiped as the transcendence of consciousness If you want to play the feminine energy, man or woman, how do you become the walking embodiment of love light Mm -hmm. such that you would inspire that masculine presence to protect your heart forever? And it's interesting because it's not in the psychology of things. It's in the embodiment of things. That's why it's a yoga. It's what you're doing in your body that creates the energy that polarizes, literally creates the other person as the opposite. Mm -hmm. And if you become comfortable and willing to go into those extreme opposites, wow, no matter how long you've been together in relationship, you'll want to rip each other's clothes. (laughs) Or you meet a man at a party and he will have to know who you are and have to spend his life with you. It's that powerful. Wow, I want that. So it sounds like it goes with both the behaviors as well as this total awareness of who you are as well as what somebody else is coming forth with with their energy. And it's less about the intellectual aspect. So what I mean is that you're not going to like call out your partner or someone you're dating and be like, you're acting too masculine right now. Can you quit it? (laughs) Well, that's what we call the second stage And that is the fastest way to totally neutralize polarity in a moment. If you want a moment to be more passionate, more sexy, if either partner is calling the other one out, you're not doing this. I need you to do this. You should be doing this. When you do this, you hurt me. This is how I feel now. All of that dialogue, while healthy, while therapeutic, it's not going to create the deepest intimacy and passion in a moment so what we teach people to do and this is the yoga part we don't want you in your head as a matter of fact it's the last place we want you we want you both in your bodies and letting the bodies do what they do naturally when they're in their full authentic so if you have someone in their feminine authentic core in their body the body should be sensitive supple receptive But in order to take that deeper, they need to be with a partner they trust. Mm -hmm. If there's no trust there, why would I show you my vulnerability? Why would I? So there's an integrity in the body. And that's what we bring to our practice in this yoga is we teach you how to bring these principles in your body. Just like you go to a yoga class and learn how to do downward dog. And every day you go, you stretch a little bit, a little bit deeper. This yoga is the same idea. We're going to give you postures and practices you're going to learn in your body. They're going to be really tight and rigid at first. They're going to feel weird. Like, (laughs) really? Mm -hmm. You'll get feedback from the men. The women give men the feedback so they know how everyone's showing up. And you start to learn these new pathways in your body. And then it becomes your yoga. So in that moment, instead of saying, oh, you're in your masculine right now, or I need you to be in your masculine right now, you would know how to go deeper into your feminine so that you'd inspire Mm. his masculine to come out without saying a word. And now it becomes a yogic art. Now it becomes sexy because you're making love to the moment. Wow, that's awesome. And I could see why it's for more advanced people who have like total self-awareness. And also this is ongoing. Like this is something you have to do as a practice, just like you would do any kind of exercise regimen, right? 
Yeah, I mean, the truth is most people when they start doing this body of work, they have two things happen. One, they feel met like they've never felt met before. In other words, blown open to God by the presence of another. But only you know? if you have, if both of you are on that same page, right? Um, yes, but you don't even need advanced skills. We can create this in one evening of a yoga of intimacy. Like someone comes brand new, we teach them one or two things to do, we teach the other person one or things to do in the opposite, and the both of them are literally in tears, like their souls are just like, oh, it's not difficult, but it's a little bit of a can of worms because once you've been met at that level, you never want to go back. <laughs> and then the second piece comes in, which is what does it take to live that given? And everybody wishes they never found the work because since you can't go back and you must go forward, all your defense mechanisms come in and you're like, <gasps> I feel more vulnerable. I feel mm. like throwing up at meeting someone at this level but yet I can't turn back and suddenly you're in the yoga for life because you want to find that level of yeah. like deep connection and you continually face the parts of you that withdrew for a reason when you were a kid yeah. and somebody trampled you. Yeah, natural defenses that we all have up, the, those walls that we all put up for trust issues, fear of intimacy, all of that. Exactly. And every, you know, London and I have been doing this a long time and our teachers have been doing it longer. And those childhood wounds and those tendencies and those blockages, they're always there. And what we teach you how to do is not pretend they're not there or pretend you don't have them anymore, or overcome them like they don't exist. No, we teach you how to make art from them. And when you're willing to be seen inside of them and loved as them, and turn them into something that's actually an offering for your partner, which could be funny, which could be you know, profound, could be deep, could be sad, could be so many flavors of what it is. That's when your wounds turn into the art of lovemaking. And when we're met there, when we learn how to, that we can make deep, deep love in the midst of our wounds and all of us so that we're seen fully, everything changes. Because so much of relationship to that point, dating is hiding so much of ourselves yeah. so we can connect. But what we're teaching you to do is the exact opposite. We're tearing down all the walls and showing you how to love completely vulnerably, mm -hmm. be seen and embraced for all that you are and how to make art out of every single one of those. Yeah. It sounds like you have to be really ready for this work because it, is, it does require so much vulnerability. Most people would probably get <laughs> really scared. This is not for everyone, absolutely not. You have to go out in the world and date for 20, 30 years and find out that you're not met, you know, and like, wow, none of this works, I need to, like you need to have tried all of those other things and recognize, wow, none of that's actually gonna meet me where I need to be met. Mm -hmm. You need to have those experiences and you need to be in a place where you're willing to be so vulnerable for the sake of something, of a deeper purpose in life or a deeper love in your life. If you're happy with the casual kind of in and out, this will might terrify you. And it's not for you yet. Right. It really is for a certain kind of person. Um, and I'm you, ready. <laughs> I, we, I think it'd be amazing. We would love to have you in this space. Yeah, because be I am at that frustration level where it's like, I've gone to both extremes where I've, I've tried everything. I've tried being completely open and vulnerable and then had my heart trampled on, that kind of thing, for somebody who just wasn't ready for that. So I think my whole search is like trying to find that person who's in that same headspace and heart space as I am, where they're willing to really connect on so many different levels and really work on a real relationship, which in my opinion, I don't think you truly grow as a person unless you are in a relationship. When you keep running from relationship, that's when you just stay stagnant in your life and your experience here. It's true. You, it's really easy to feel like a badass when you're single. You're like, my, yeah. my, my shit don't stink. <laughs> and then as soon as you get into a relationship, you're like... Falling apart, yeah. I know, you're like, oh, who God, am I? It's humiliating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, when the pain of not being met feels greater than the fear of opening, that's when you're ready for this work. Is when you're like, you know what? 
I'm done with my defenses running the show and keeping everything in this mediocre existence of fake interactions yeah. and right strategies and all of that crap that makes us feel so alone. Because when you do this work, it's actually the opposite of feeling alone. You feel one body coming together with another body and you like see the face of the divine together. And that's truly what everyone's looking for out of chocolate, wine, <laughs> pickup arts, right. yeah, and yeah. all of those other things. Uh, even like Facebook likes, you know, that's mm. what we're craving is that connection. And this work delivers the connection, but you got to step up to opening past your defenses. And that's no easy task. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, 95% of the time, I've been doing this work for a decade, 95% of the time, I feel like I'm on the verge of throwing up. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it's very deep work. Um, I'm wondering if either of you have like a brother or a friend who's single and is in phase three. Because <laughs> like, I'd really like to meet him. <laughs> Actually, I think the, the best one would probably be my youngest brother is 21. Oh, wow. I, that's a little young, but you know, uh, yeah, I'll make know, it work. <laughs> but I got, I got to tell you. He's you legal. Know, in doing this work, there's this interesting gap. There's like all the men in their 40s and 50s who have lived, you know, diminished masculine lives who are really into men's work. They want to find their masculine and, and they're trying to kind of like uh, make up for time lost and they really want to get it right. And they want to develop. And then there's this really young age group that's coming up that kind of has this incredible intuition about they're not so tied into gender roles. The millennials, I'm telling you, they're savvy. There's, they've got this kind of sense. And if they just, like my brother is obsessed with this work. And I know kids his age as well, who once they hear about it, it's like, holy crap, this is. And they're able to separate like the shoulds. Oh, it's not, cool. it's not good to be in your feminine. You should be in your masculine. You got to be a man. They're not relating to it from there. And they, it gives them this permission and agility to play with the concepts at a different level. Mm. That's interesting to me because I would think that a person at that age would still be in the, the total physical sensuality mode of just like seeking adventure and, you know, chasing hot chicks and just, you know, banging everybody. Well, at the same time, you got to recognize that those guys, because they're not stuck in this like, I should be masculine they can worship a powerful woman. They have that fluidity to be in the energetic agility and have it not mean anything. So like what Justin was describing when we first met and I made more money than him, he didn't even feel the need to compete with me. Instead, he was fluid enough to just be like, oh my God, this woman is incredible and I want to polarize her. I want to polarize the moment and I'm willing to do whatever it takes in every moment and I have no judgment around it. That allowed me to be in my fullness in all parts of me and allowed us to just deepen and deepen and deepen year after year after year. And you get that in the millennials because they don't have, you know, there's so much gender bending these yeah, days. Yeah, totally. They don't even care who's in what. Mm -hmm. And then the art just becomes like explosive. And that's what's fun. It's not about like clinging to a polarity. It's about being an artist of the moment and just having explosive love between you two. That's so awesome. I'm all jazzed now hearing about this. I'm, I'm hoping everyone out there listening is too. How can we learn how to do this? Tell us about your upcoming events. Uh, well, we offer several different things. If you're in LA, we have in-person workshops. We do co-ed practice that's gender balanced where you can not only be around other people in the third stage doing this work, but in a very safe environment where no actual physical sex occurs. It's all in the embodiments, clothes on, you know, super safe container. Mm -hmm. We also have um, a two-day intensive coming up where you can go really deep into this work for a weekend, a Saturday and a Sunday. That's March 18th and 19th. So that's all in person. We have a lot of people coming in from out of town for that intensive. So if you're not from L.A. and you want to fly in and experience this at a deep level, I recommend that. But then also we have online products. Like I said, I have my six-week online course, Attracting Your Beloved, which would get you up to speed so fast on all of these concepts of what it is to become 
the walking embodiment of the energies that are most interesting to you and then how you attract your reciprocal. So when you deepen your practice, and this is one thing I wanted to say to you earlier, is when you deepen your practice, you literally start to become visible to the people who are practicing at your same level. So in the same way that when you look for a red car and then there's red cars everywhere on the road, every single thing you do to develop yourself in these realms allow the people who are the same level as you to show up. Mm. I've had so many female clients literally attract their beloved and they do it in every possible way. Some of them are online dating, some of them aren't. Some of them run into him like they run into he runs into their car and they are like, <laughs> "Oh my god, this is masculine presence embodied." They do the things that make him be like, "Okay, I need your phone number for the insurance, but what is your phone number for dinner?" You know? <laughs> You so literally be the one. Yeah, be yes, the one. Be the one and you attract the one and it is a rule. I promise you, I've seen it over and over and over. And it's brilliant because suddenly there's this whole new set of people noticing you and you noticing them. I love it. Any final thoughts for the listeners out there on on attracting your beloved or getting an understanding of sexual polarity and applying it in their lives? Well, um <laughs> like don't be don't scared know. don't be scared <laughs> um, well i wouldn't say that i would say be terrified because you step into this realm you're never going to want to go back and then you're going to have to live at a level that's going to make you want to throw up <laughs> you know, one, one that sounds so would, appealing london <laughs> one thing i would really love to say about this work honestly is we forget how beautiful our vulnerability really is and how rare anyone gets to experience vulnerability in anybody and when that right person is there our ability to show that authentic vulnerability to be totally present to not be elsewhere in our phones and in our emails and our texts but to be right there in that moment it's really our willingness to be vulnerable that's going to allow us to love at the depth we really want to love and that's scary but love is scary so if you're willing to know love deeper, despite that, there are people out there who are willing to do that path with you. And that's a much better way of saying that you're going to want to throw up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like both because both are going to appeal to you know different listeners. And I'm excited about it for myself and for anyone out there listening who's ready for it. Wow, this is awesome. I'm so excited that the two of you came on to Nothing Off Limits to share all this amazing information with everyone. Well, we're so happy to be here. And your questions just really, I, it's so fun to talk about this stuff. And my heart is just bubbling over from the discussion. So, so is mine. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate the opportunity to sort of swim in these waters for the time we did. Heck yeah. Everybody out there listening, don't forget, please go to LondonAngelWinters.com. I'll also provide the link in the show notes. Uh, please enroll in the intensives. Find your beloved or bring your beloved and, and figure out how to work with your polarities. Get to level three, everyone. That's my goal. I want to meet the man of my dreams. I am so inspired by the two of you. Thank you again. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great topic you'd like to hear discussed on an upcoming episode of Nothing Off Limits? Email us at ideas at ladyfoxentertainment.com. In the meantime, please subscribe, rate the show, and go to ladyfoxentertainment.com to sign up for our email list and to check out our resources page. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time.